Shabbat Shalom, everyone. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, silly to ignore all that is going on in the world right now, as if it's not happening. So I thought I might address it in the context of the message that I was uh, preparing uh, this week. So once again, you know, we find the world in turmoil. It's, uh, it's interesting to me uh, that the, we put the brightest minds on the biggest problems and they don't seem to be able to solve them. Uh, not to everyone's uh, satisfaction anyway. So here we are in you know, one of those, other, those, uh, you know, those moments in our recent history particularly where things look grim. You know, uh, the world is in turmoil, and markets all go crazy, even though nothing has really changed. And, uh, and there's a pale that seems to appall, if I use the right word, that seems to fall over, over the world, uh, even when it's far away. And the question, I guess, is what should we do about it? You know, we can, uh, you know, if we, we can get very apocalyptic about it, eschatological, and say, okay, well, this is probably it. This is the, this is the one thing, you know, when the buildings came down, they, we all heard that. When it was the year 2000, we heard that. And I've been hearing it since my birth, actually, you know, that this is it. And, and maybe it is. I mean, maybe it is. I, could, I, I have no idea. Uh, this could be the setup for something really wild and wacky. But what am I supposed to do about it? What are you supposed to do? What could you do? Do you think any one of you could have done anything to prevent what just happened? Could you have made a phone call to the right people? Could you have uh, put up a video that would have changed everybody's mind? Do you think you have that kind of influence when the President of the United States couldn't even do anything about it? So we can sit here and we can worry about it and we can fret over it and we can scramble for our IRAs and 401ks and all that stuff. Or maybe there's something else we ought to be doing. Because it's true, we shouldn't do nothing. So the question is, what, what is it that we should do? Well, this week I was reading, a, I happened to be reading a, a book on the sayings from, of uh, Rebbe Men- Menachem Schneerson because I was meditating over a serm- over a. Um, over a text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I was struck by the parallels that existed between the Rebbe's statements and some of the things that were being said in this portion from the second letter to the Corinthians. And it gave me some kind of hope that there is something I can do besides fret over the condition of the world or whether or not this is the end or whatever. And, uh, you know... Is something terrible going to happen to the world? 
in our Haftorah portion, Zechariah has a vision. He has a vision in which he sees um, he sees something. He's given a vision of it. Uh, Joshua, the high priest, is given this vision. Joshua was the high priest who came, who was the uh, high priest at the time when they returned from Babylon to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem after that uh, first diaspora. And they were having a difficult time. The world seemed to be crashing in around them also. And there, he has a vision. And it says in chapter 4 of that vision of Zechariah, Then the angel who was speaking to me with me returned and roused me as a man who was wakened from his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? And I said, I see and behold a lampstand all of gold with its bowl on the top of it and seven lamps on it with seven spouts belonging to each of the lamps which are on top of it. He said, then the angel asked him if he knew what those things were. What are these things, my Lord, he says. So the angel who was speaking with me answered and he said to me, don't you know what these things are? No, my Lord, I don't. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What will overcome the difficulties that they are having at that time? The spirit of the Lord. What are you, O great mountain? What are you, my problem right now? The world is crashing down. Markets are fl flying out of control. Politics is crazy. Even our own country is in an uproar and divided. What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. And he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace. Grace to it. In other words... It is the Spirit of God in you and in me, just as it was in Zerubbabel, who is no more powerful than you. That can affect the world, even if it's only a little part of the world, because that's all we can ever do. You know. All of our hope is local. All of our hope is right here in front of us. All of it. In other words, that we must become the light of the world. We must become that lampstand that illuminates the whole of this world. If we don't do it, then who will? Then the world will surely fall into darkness. So I want to share a couple of these quotes from Rebbe Schneerson, compare them with our text from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 to help to guide us in our understanding of what we can do. We're not helpless. The first is a new light to save the world. Why that small print, isn't it? I'll have to read it from here. So I knew, think about a new light to save this world. 
So Rabbi Schneerson said this. He said, the mandate of the whole creation is stated almost immediately. They translate it as, let there be light. Instead, it should read, it should become light. All the world, even darkness, should become a source of light and wisdom. I think that's profound. That we do not, that even the darkness can be turned into light. Listen, Messiah Yeshua said at one time, he said, listen, when you see all these things occurring, he, he had this whole uh, speech he made to his disciples in which he talked about the end of the world, so to say. Actually, I think he's talking about the beginning of the world. And he said, when you see these things, look up, because your redemption draws near. Rather than being afraid when these things occur, we need, our hope needs to rise, because things are happening just as God has said they would. So, so why should I be worried about that? After all, I've tried to live my life that way. And we need to share that message with people. This is a hopeful time, as bad as it looks. Being able to bring light even out of the darkness. You can see the little slide I chose. You see that? You can see that little bit of light, can't you? You can see that little bit of light even in the midst of all of the darkness. That's what light does. It's always evident, particularly when it's dark. It says in the second letter to the Corinthians, in parallel with this, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel or the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God. This is the real problem. The real problem is that people refuse to see where their help comes from. They look for other ways to make things happen for themselves. And when they don't, ah, you know, who on Wednesday would have thought that what was going to happen in Britain would have happened? You know, I know I was listening to the news. Everybody on Wall Street was betting their horse that they would never leave. That's why the market went up like two or 300 points that day. They all had it all figured out. And then when it didn't go the way they went, they all headed for the hills. As if anything changed between one day and the next. Why? Because they put their faith in a false god. This is the problem. You can't put your faith in that. If you do, you're always going to be running up and down. It's time to stop. And to say, listen, you may think things are out of control, but once the veil is ripped away from this false reality in which we live, you will see the truth. And the truth will set you free. So, we have to be that hope of light to save a perishing world. Secondly, So it's, he, uh, Rabbi Schneerson went on to say in this portion of, in which he was talking about light. He said, all the world's problems 
stem from light being withheld. Our job then is to correct this. Wherever we find light, we must rip away its casings, exposing it to all. Letting it shine forth to the darkest ends of the earth, especially the light you yourselves hold. And again, in 2 Corinthians, it says, For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Messiah. You see, we are the light that must be brought into every situation in our lives. Are you a light where you are? Or are you one who curses the darkness? You had that choice this week, right? You have that choice pretty much every day, actually. That you can find yourself in a difficult situation and you can be that person who whines and complains and moans and groans and bawones, you know, oh, vey, life is miserable, terrible, oh God, it's crushing down on me. Or you can be the one who lights a candle in the midst of the darkness. What can I do to help? What's that little thing, one thing that I can do today to make it better for somebody, for anybody? You know, it doesn't take that much, really, you know. Just a kind word, a little hope, a helping hand. If you can do that little bit and you bring light into this world, a world that's just filled with darkness. You know, I'm an idiot. I, I read the New York Times every day. And... Um, that's not a political statement, people. They just happen to be the only decent newspaper. <laughs> um, but but it, what really, you know, I, 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 I almost laugh now at this point. When I look at the, the front page or, and, I'll, and I'll sift through the first section of the newspaper, and I will count the number of positive stories that I read. And if I can find three of them, I'm lucky. Yeah, right. Most of the time, it's what's wrong. This horrible thing happened, that horrible thing. Listen, as we speak, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of horrible things are happening in the world. Unspeakable things. And we all wish we could stop it. But because we're inundated with mostly darkness, it can, come, it can crush us if we let it. Instead, what we need to do is to light the fire of the Spirit under it all. And find a way in ourselves, within ourselves. You see, the challenge here from Rabbi Schneerson and from the Scripture is that we must rip away the casings, exposing to all, letting it shine forth to the darkness, especially the light you yourself hold. The light that is in you which is by the Spirit of God, not in your own power, as Zerubbabel finds out. Not by might or by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. So, light shall shine out of darkness, it says, 
is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Messiah. We have to be a reflection of the face. You want to know what Messiah Yeshua looks like? Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror if you are truly hoping to reflect him. And bring that reflection to the world so that we can rise out of the darkness. One more. A new light for a new life. That's what we need. So the Rebbe said this. He said for, now this is a bit Kabbalistic, so don't get crazy. He says, for hundreds of years, perhaps since the beginning of creation, a piece of the world has been waiting for your soul to purify and repair it. Your soul, no one else's. And your soul from that time, from the time it was first emanated and conceived, waited above to descend to this world and carry out that mission. And your footsteps were guided to reach that place And you are there now. You're there right now where you should be. Oh, we always fret. Oh, I wish I was somewhere else. I wish I was doing something else. Oh, God, if only. No, we are here where we are. What can we do to bring that light, to rip away the darkness and to bring light? Because this was your destiny. To be right where you are at this moment. Even you, God knew from the beginning of the world. That's what we can do. And so Paul, the apostle, in that second letter to the Corinthians says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Messiah. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Messiah to be reconciled God. That's our message. That's the message of hope that we can bring to a world that is spinning out of control. That we can walk in a new life through the power of the Holy Spirit. First for ourselves every single day. And then for the world around us. You don't have to change the whole world. You can't. But you can change your world. You can change what, you, what you're doing. And if we all do it together, there will be a light which will shine out in the midst of the darkness that will change the world. I look forward to the day, whether it's coming soon or won't be for a while, whatever it is, but this is what I keep my mind on, not what's going on, today, tomorrow, or the next day. And it comes again from the book of Revelation. I guess I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in the book of Revelation, so I keep finding things there. And it says, in the 21st chapter, it speaks of a city which will come, a world which will come, which is a sure thing, and in which the light will shine. And it says, The city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it, 
For the glory of God has illuminated. I think I have that slide. For the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the nations shall walk by its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory to it. We have the answer to Joshua's, to what Joshua saw. The lampstand, all of gold with its bowl on the top and seven lamps with on, upon it. The lamp is the lamb. So let's light the light of our Messiah Yeshua in the world. And we will light up the world. Amen. Thank you, congregation.